Oh, this is Orson Welles, and our sponsor today is Palmason. Palmason Champagne. It's a California champagne, and it's inspired by the old French champagnes. Vintage dated. Uh, vintage, it's not vintage, but it's vintage dated champagne. And please try Palmason, sponsor of the Biscuits Buttered Podcast. Did the extras not do anything? Why are they just standing there holding a champagne bottle? Pour it in my mouth. Pour it in my mouth. I'm Orson Welles, and this is the Biscuits Buttered Podcast. Welcome. Welcome to the Victoria Vandenberg universe. Uh, please hit us up on uh, social media. We've got a Facebook profile, uh, uh, Biscuits Buttered. Look it up. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of people on there now, uh, but, uh, you know, and I don't, I hadn't really been paying much attention to it. I do post, you know, when we have a new podcast and I do, you know, occasionally post videos of stuff I find interesting. So hit us up on Facebook at Biscuits Buttered, uh, just a profile, not even a like page, just a profile. And then we have uh, a Twitter account called Bisque Butt Pod. So you can tweet at me at Bisque Butt Pod. And uh, I share all kinds of interesting things uh, on Twitter that I, you know, just stuff that, you know, catches my eye. <laughs> so there's stuff uh, like uh, last week, you know, one thing that I really, you know, like Twitter is like kind of a toxic place. So I'll get on there and you'll have somebody that's like, oh, fuck these transgender people and all this stuff. And you'll be like, why are they so mad? about transgender people. I don't, I don't get it. Like, why are they so worked up about it? And someone was sharing uh, a video uh, of a young uh, woman, a transgender woman who uh, was telling people that she was having menstrual cramps. Well, you know, she can't have menstrual cramps because she's not a biological woman. So, you know, the right was losing their mind about it. And uh, I shared that on there and I just, uh, don't understand why people are like freaking out and mad about it. Like, look, there's different people in the world. They do. People do silly things. People do silly things. You know, here at the biscuits buttered podcast with Victoria Vandenberg, we support trans rights. We support uh, their right to use the restroom, do everything they want to do uh, because I'm a transgendered woman, Victoria Vandenberg. Uh, but yeah, do I think it's silly that, um, Someone's claiming they're having menstrual pains and cramps uh, when we know they're not. Yeah, I think that's silly. <laughs> but I'm not mad about it and I'm not worked up about it like a lot of people on the right are. Well, anyway, uh, we also have uh, an email um, at uh, ProtonMail. Uh, hit us up at biscuitsbuttered at proton.me. Uh, we also are on Podvine. I haven't checked that in a while. I think Podvine's like a ponzi scheme or something <laughs> like like what actually goes on here who's actually on this victoria's on it that's the only person so just hit us up on all the uh social media um and uh, just yeah just connect with us 
you know, I have a lot of people that I've added on the Facebook profile and they're not really, you know, it's just people that I'm adding, trying to get people on and trying to get people interested in the podcast. Uh, but I don't think any of them are really interested in the podcast. Um, so just, uh, you know, I'd like to actually have some fans. I know that I have a, you know, like I have like three or four regular listeners and I would love to have them, uh, on my Facebook profile. That way I could be communicating with them and hell, I might've already communicated with them and not even realized it. So, uh, just, just hit me up and, uh, I'll mention you. I'll mention you on the podcast. Hell, I'll fucking invite you on the podcast. Now I'm not technically very savvy, so I'd have to figure out, uh, the logistics of that. Cause I mean, just doing this little podcast with one microphone, uh, took me a while to figure that out because <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, but eventually, you know, we want to have like multiple mics and we want to have guests and uh, we want to be uh, talking to people um, uh, from all over the world is what we want to do. So um, I invite you to tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, I would like more Alabama people to listen. Uh, I don't really like most people like when I pull up who's listening, it's like people from far off like. Belgium. Uh, there's someone in, uh, and I can't remember whether this was Oregon or Washington. There's someone in Boardman, Oregon or Washington. St- I forget which one it's in. And they listen religiously. So uh, tell your friends about it. I'd, I'd like to get more Alabama people listening. I'd like to get more, uh, you know, United States citizens listening. For some reason, uh, the podcast is more listened to overseas than it is here. <laughs> I love my overseas listeners and eventually I'm going to go to Belgium and I'm going to hunt down. I'm going to hunt down this person listening to the podcast. We're going to find them, hunt them down and uh, we're going to hug them. That's what we're going to do. So this, I wanted to record. uh, Oh, and if I hadn't introduced the podcast, this is biscuits buttered with Victoria Vandenberg. Um, This is just a podcast uh, about my life. I like to get on here. The experiences that I have during the week, to just explain the podcast, the experiences that I have during the week. I like to uh, come in and tell you about the latest movies I've seen. I like to tell you about the latest just, you know, annoyances at work. I like to tell you about the annoyances of going out and eating or eating at a restaurant or uh, just my experiences living as a sentient being in the world. That's what this podcast is about. It has no specific purpose other than a vessel for me to just spew out all the bullshit that has happened to me during the week. So if you want to hear that, please tune in to Biscuits Buttered with Victoria Vandenberg. So I wanted to record a podcast last night. But uh, I was too busy, uh, you know, I was cleaning the house, uh, trying to, you know, I wanted to start the New Year's strong. So I wanted to like start the New Year's with like the house a little cleaner, uh, everything looking good and just ready to roll. Because I wanted to roll into a strong, a very, very strong 2023. And we're going to give a motivational speech later about that. But, you know, we want to go into the year strong. I wanted to have a final episode of the year. So it kind of sucks that, you know, I didn't have like a finale for season one. Cause what we're going to do is every year, we're just going to start another season. So the first 
season was what we've already recorded in 2022. Now we're starting the second season. So this is the first episode of the second season of Biscuits Buttered with Victoria Vandenberg. <laughs> um, so we'll get into my motivational speech later about how we want to go in to the next decade strong, right? Because my 20s and 30s, I feel like they've been completely wasted. Even my teens and when I was a child, I feel like I wasted time when I was a child. Uh, so we want to we want to start a new leaf. I want to be able to look back every year and go, this is what I accomplished. And we will get into that later because I don't want to get into that right now. We want to end the podcast on a positive note. Um. Because God damn it, that's just what we want to do. So Monday, this has been a great week. It's been a great week. Uh, everything at work went so smooth. It was slow. Every, you know, it couldn't have went better. At work. And I only had like a four day work week. So it doesn't get any better than that. But Monday, Monday, I Victoria got laid. I actually got laid. It's been, um, how long has it been? It's been maybe a couple of months, maybe like two months. So I, I don't really like to get into my personal life on this podcast. Um, but I thought, why wouldn't I talk about this stuff on my podcast? Why wouldn't you talk about your personal bullshit on your podcast? Because people want to hear that way someone... Uh, sitting in Boardman, Washington, or Oregon, can go, oh, that's relatable. <laughs> they can go, oh, yeah, that, that's me too. I feel that way too. So I got laid Monday, and it was wonderful. I met this little, um, like, five-foot-three Guatemalan guy, perfect body, Perfect body. What's that porn star's name? Is it Arm? Is it Armand Rizzo? He kind of looked like the, I don't know if that's his name or not. Let me look it up. Armand Rizzo, something like that. Little short, tight-bodied Latino, and I tapped it. All right, so I was very lucky. Uh, he uh, hit me up on Grinder and was like, "Hey," and I was like, "Hey, how are you?" And he was like, um, "I'm having to use a translator because I don't speak English because I." literally just came across the border and I'm like, well, Victoria does not get Victoria is very lonely. And I don't care if I have to hold my phone and use Google translate to, to communicate with you. Uh, as long as I have someone that, uh, I can have sex with, I'm fine. <laughs> so, uh, I took, I went and picked up and it was very shady. You know, some, a lot of grinder hookups are shady. Uh, so I went and he was like, well, pick me up at this address. So I was like, okay. So, you know, I went and I was like, I'm not sure if this is the right place. You know, it was like this, you know, beat up old house and, um, um, this is a beat up old house. Uh, and so I went and I pulled in the driveway. There's an old man out in the driveway and I'm like, oh God, oh no. And I'm like, am I at the right place? So I start texting him, you know, and he's like, yeah. Yeah, you're at the right place. Just just hold on. And so he came out. He's just this little, pretty little, you know, Guatemalan man, uh, five foot three, perfect body. 
just looks great. And I'm so happy. Um, and he gets in the car and awkwardly smiles and is like, probably wondering like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, you know, it kind of looks like Armin Rizzo. If I've said that enough, only Armin Rizzo, who has had a tough life. Like you can look like in his face and tell that he's had a rough life. Like his eyes are bloodshot. You know, he's, he's, he's still in his twenties. Like he's 28, but you can tell like this guy's had a rough life, but the body, the body's perfect. Right. So I, I took this little Guatemalan back to my house and uh, we had a great time. We had a great time. Uh, I, I was just head over heels for this uh, person. And uh, uh, I fucked the shit out of this little Guatemalan. I mean, I fucked the hell out of this little Guatemalan. And it was such a good feeling because I I have a lot of body uh, insecurity. A lot of body insecurity. You know, I'm... I'm, I'm big, I'm fat. Uh, I don't necessarily think my penis is that big and, uh, I've lost a lot of weight, so it looks better than it did. Right. When I'm naked, you know, I've shaved down there. I've lost a lot of weight. It looks bigger than it did because I've lost like over a hundred pounds, but I'm still, even after losing over a hundred pounds, I'm still very huge. I'm very way overweight. So I've been working. I've been working. Victoria has been working on it. Well, anyway, so I'm having sex with this Guatemalan. I'm like, I'm like, motherfucker, lay on your back. I'm throwing your legs up and I'm inserting myself into you. And this is one thing that I learned on Monday. And I wish I would have known this. Uh, having sex with like small people is the best. It's if you haven't had sex with someone substantially smaller than you, I think they call it fun sized. They're fun sized. It makes you feel like a god because I inserted myself into this little Guatemalan and he was like, oh, oh, no. Oh, oh, it hurts too much. Oh, and I'm like, (laughs) yeah, uh. Uh, what do you say? It, it, it's it's hurting you? It's so big? Is it that big that it's hurting you that much? It's like, oh no, see, I cannot, I cannot take it. Oh no, it's so big. And I'm like, yeah, you goddamn right it's big. <laughs> I've never had this experience where people are just like, no, too much dick. It's too much dick. No, no, please, please, mister. And and that's basically what happened Monday. And I'm like, you, you can't handle it. You just can't handle it. <laughs> I'm too fucking big. So that was a very uplifting thing. You know, it was a very uplifting thing. Cause I'm like, I'm basically, I'm basically Ron Jeremy. I'm basically Bo Sin. I'm basically Danny D. I've just fucking rocked this dude's world. I mean, he has never felt that huge a cock in his ass. And and I, I don't have, I don't have a big dick. It's just, I'm substantially uh, larger than him. <laughs> and uh, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. We had a wonderful time. I, and I, of course I, I'm guilty. I'll go on these grinder hookups and I'll get a little too uh, attached. 
j- just from a grinder hookup. I guess I'm that lonely that I get a little attached. So, you know, we have a wonderful time. Um, I take him back to his place and I'm like, Hey, here's my number. Uh, I really had a good time. And he's like telling me how handsome he, how handsome I am, which isn't something no one ever tells me, telling me how handsome I am, telling me how great I am. And, um, uh, basically, you know, saying, yeah, of course I'll hang out again. I'm like, yeah, we're, we're going to hook up again. Right. And he's like, yeah, you know, and, he, and I, I felt like I really vibed with this person and I felt like this is going to be somebody. It's like, oh man, I finally have someone that I can, you know, go and hook up with at least a friends will benefits, you know, not necessarily a boyfriend, but at least friends will benefits. So, I. um, you know, give him my number. I, I, you know, the work week is starting. Uh, so I, you know, I spend the whole week and then around midweek, I'm like, I need to like text this guy back and see if he wants to hang out again. Well, I don't have his phone number. I realized that I gave him my phone number, but I don't have his phone number. And I was like, well, I don't even remember him having a phone. Cause he was, he looked like he, you know, was, I mean, he, he looked like he was fresh, from walking across the border, to be honest with you. Um, and might've been living with someone else. And I was like, well, maybe he was using their internet on a tablet or something to get on grinder. But so he hasn't been on grinder and I'm going to update y'all on this. This is a love story. We're going to write a wonderful love, romantic comedy about Victoria and this Guatemalan because I'm head over heels for him yet. I can't get in contact with him. And, um, so he hadn't been on Grinder in like four days. And I'm like, where'd he go? Where'd he go? I want to I want to get back with him. I want to go fuck this Guatemalan again. Uh, so I guess he's ghosted me. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, I know where he lives. Should I, should Victoria just go to his house and knock on his door? I don't know his situation. He might be in the closet. I know Guatemalan culture is very homophobic. So I'm like, well, if I show up to his house asking for him, are they going to freak out and, you know, kick him out of the house? I don't know. So I'll update y'all on this. If I ever find this uh, Guatemalan again, um, hopefully um, hopefully it's going to be a beautiful love story. And we're going to we're going to move down to Guatemala and I don't know. But what do they do in Guatemala? We'll just start a little farm in Guatemala and sell produce on the side of the road. Uh, that's my dream. That's Victoria's dream. Okay. So, um, we've, we've watched a lot of movies and been very underwhelmed lately. Victoria is completely underwhelmed just to be honest with you. So I watched, uh, the glass onion, uh, last week. And uh, part I have like a horrible memory, so I have to pull all this stuff up. It, Glass Onion got a really good rating, and that's why I was like, um, you know, I seen Knives Out, right? And I really liked Knives Out. I thought it was a good movie. And then I went to see The Glass Onion, and this got uh, maybe is in a bad mood. I don't know because I wasn't, you know, y'all know I was in kind of a shitty mood last week. Um, it got a ninety-four tomato meter and ninety-three percent audience score. 
but I just thought that it was so-so. You know, when I watched this Glass Onion movie, I was like, it's a nice out mystery. And, you know, I'm, I like Daniel Craig. I like all the people that are in the movie. Um, you know, you got Edward Norton. You got Dave Bautista. I fucking love Dave Bautista. Uh, Catherine Hahn. Uh, just so many good people in this movie. And um, to me, it was just like, it, it was entertaining. But I wouldn't necessarily like tell people like, hey, you got to see this movie. You know, to me, it was just kind of entertaining, but not something I was like super excited about. I, I felt like it could have been better, um, but it wasn't. Okay, it really uh, underwhelmed because I was looking forward to it, and I felt like uh, I don't know. Like I guess I liked Knives Out better, and of course, this could have just been my shitty mood that I was in. Um, so glass onion, I would tell you to watch it, but don't get your hopes up. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I just did that. Why did I just snort? All right. So, uh, and we also started watching, but I have not finished yet. God forbid. It's about, uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. So, um, Jerry Falwell, the father, uh, if, if you're not, if you're from out of States, um, Jerry Falwell, the father, senior, um, he was a notorious like homophobe. He, uh, you know, I think he, if I remember correctly, I think he blamed 9-11 on like gay people. He did a whole, a lot of horrible fucking shitty stuff, right? So. He starts this uh, huge university here in the States called Liberty University. And uh, they offer all kinds of degrees, like online degrees, just degrees everywhere. And um, his son, like when Jerry Falwell Sr. died, Jerry Falwell Jr. took over the the college and, and literally was handed like this. If y'all don't understand, like, he was basically handed the keys to the kingdom. Like that's a lot of power to have. To, you're, you're literally running one of the biggest uh, schools in the country, one of the biggest colleges in the country. You're, uh, you know, you've got this huge religious right base that you wield power. And, you know, this guy, Jerry Falwell Jr., he's really the reason Trump got traction. Because I don't think there's certain things that happened uh, you know, this guy endorsed Trump and got the religious right behind Trump. And then you had all these other people endorse Trump, like uh, Chris Christie and all these people all over the country get behind Trump. And they literally were responsible. They built the foundation for Trump to become president. And this guy, I don't even think he's religious. I don't think his wife's religious, but he started running this... Um, college and he got all this political power and he just kind of you know because he inherited all this power he just kind of went through the motions and and pretended to be this uh, huge christian when he wasn't um and he would him and you know he met his wife jerry falwell jr met his wife when she was 13 years old now he was 18 and I, i've known i don't i'm not as judgmental on this as a lot of other people okay I know this might sound bad, but anyway, he was 18. She was 13. 
I've known a lot of people who started dating around that time and they have been married, you know, 40, 50 years. You know, like I met so many happy couples. It seems like the people that I've met that are the happiest as far as their relationships met when they were like teenagers. I don't know why it just seems that way. I've seen so many happy marriages that they met when they were teens. They were teen sweethearts and they've just stuck together ever since. And uh, that's kind of how me and uh, Burt's Chili are, only not in a sexual way. Uh, just, you know, good friends since high school. And uh, uh, the friendship continues. It blossoms. So, um, which he's sick right now. Bert's Chili's sick right now. He's uh, throwing up and shitting everywhere and uh, thought he had a gallbladder issue. He didn't, he didn't know. Uh, hopefully I can get him over here. I bought all the stuff to make mimosas and uh, I've bought um, lots of beer. I mean, I've, I've got some chicken. I'm going to make some Hungarian chicken later. Very excited about that. Uh, I've been dieting all week, and uh, today's my cheat day, so I can't wait to pig out. Uh, oh, back to God forbid. So, Jerry Falwell Jr. Jerry Falwell Jr. in this movie, uh, God forbid, which is on Hulu, but I got it for free um, off of, um, we'll just say, go to DuckDuckGo and type in F movies, and there'll be lots of websites where you can get free movies. Well, anyway, so Jerry Falwell Jr. is a sexual... I, I, He's not even a sexual deviant. This is just normal sexual behavior to me. Uh, I mean, it could be worse. You know, like a lot of people look at this scandal. I think the reason this is so scandalous is because he was endorsing Trump, telling people at the university that they can't even show public displays of affection, you know, doing all kinds of shitty stuff, letting a Christian school be a Christian school and just be in the figurehead, even though he doesn't even believe in those things, Right. And so he, his wife, they're always like hanging out down in Miami and she sees this hot Cuban guy and I don't forgot his fucking name. Uh, uh, G Giancarlo Granada, Granda. I don't know. Uh, he's a pool attendant. I mean, it's like stereotypical. He's a pool attendant at the fountain blue in Miami. And she's like, Hey, <laughs> Uh, I need some of that pool boy day. And she's a very beautiful woman. And, uh, she, and he's like, well, yeah, you're going to get that pool boy day. And, uh, she's like, Hey, but there's only one like thing, right? There's only one problem with me getting that pool boy day. Um, my husband wants to watch and he's Jerry Fowell jr. He like runs like a bigoted religious organization, <laughs> Uh, even though he doesn't believe any of this shit, he just does it for the money and the status. So, you know, he's like, sure, man, I don't mind him. You know, and like Jerry Falwell Jr. will get drunk and be jacking off in the corner while this hot Cuban pool boy's pounding his fucking, what I like to call a Bowflex lady. You know, you, you see the Bowflex commercials and they have, like, you know, like a 40, 50 something year old woman, but she's like works out on her bow flex and she's got the top bod rocking, rocking bod. That's, that's kind of what this woman looks like. So, you know, she's, she's just head over heels for this Cuban's cock and I don't blame her. He's a good looking guy. And, um, 
she's pounding this guy and Jerry Falwell just loves to come in the room and jerk off. And, you know, they're actually giving this guy money. They're buying him real estate. They're even giving away real estate for Liberty University to him. I mean, that's how crazy it got. And years and years this went on and the university refused to investigate Jerry Falwell Jr. Well, eventually, you know, they kicked him out. You know, and because uh, it was just too much press, and you know, he had this falling from grace. And, um, I really, you know, I would respect this guy more if he just came out and said, Yeah, this is what happened. You know, I'm I was being a total hypocrite, I was born, I was born into this ultra religious family. I inherited all this wealth and privilege and status. And I just wanted to keep that wealth and privilege and status going. And, but I, I'm not really a Christian. And I, I really love sex and I really love watching a guy pound my wife. If he would have just came out and said that, I would have had a lot more sympathy for him, right? Because, um, you know, I, I'm a believer in, you know, we all fuck up and do like bad things in our lives and we get smarter and we get more compassionate. Maybe, (laughs) maybe we get smarter and more compassionate as we get older. Some of us do. Right. And, um, I'm, I love a story where somebody is a total piece of shit and then they reform and get their life together. I I love stories like that. And I'm totally, you know, um, I'll forgive you. Victoria, I'll forgive you. All right, so if you hadn't seen it, it's a wonderful story about cuckolding. All right, and um, I would love to, um, I would have loved to been a fly on the wall in that room when that Cuban's pounding her. All right, so uh, I wanted to get to other things, just talk about random bullshit. So there was like, so it got really, really cold last weekend, and I talked about it last weekend that it got so cold that our fucking energy grid couldn't handle the cold weather. And I mean, it was like eight degrees outside and they were turning off the power. They were having these power outages like every 30 minutes, like they would turn. I think we had like three or four times it went off for 30 minutes. And that really, it takes at least at my house, it takes a while uh, for the, um, to heat the house back up if it's off for just 30 minutes we need to re-insulate the house and do some things and get the we got a gas insert but it doesn't work we need to get that replaced and maybe this year we'll get it replaced but uh it, things don't go well in the south when because we're just not prepared for that kind of cold weather and it pisses me off because this happens pretty regularly like once a year once every other year we have a real bad storm that shuts everything down for a week (laughs) and the power will go off and shit will go awry. And I'm like, we need to have salt to put on the roads. We need to have snow machines to plow the roads. We need um, to make sure that the grid can handle the increased use of power. But, uh, you know, we're a shitty country. You know, all our money goes to, military shit so we we can't we can't actually spend the money on you know infrastructure and shit well anyway so it went it got worse so monday 
uh, after I'd had my wonderful day with uh, my uh, Guatemalan, uh, I don't want to say his name. Um, I do want to say his name, but I don't want to say his name all at the same time. Uh, then I'm hoping that I'm, I can't get over him. All right. So Huntsville snowstorm. All right. All of a sudden Monday, it just decides to snow and it's still like, you know, freezing. So it snows and it shuts down everything like governor's drive, all these different places. People are trapped up on uh, Montesano mountain and all this shit. I mean, it completely shuts down the town. All these people start calling into work and I'm sitting here like, that's another thing. Everyone drives like no one has four wheel drive. And it's like, why don't you have four wheel drive? Why don't you have all wheel drive on your car for Christ's sakes, people. Um, so it shuts down everything. All these motherfuckers, it's not even that bad. Like it's not that bad on the roads and all these people call in and, and I'm having to like go, well, I say it's not that bad. It actually was much worse than I thought originally when I got there. Cause when I got to Huntsville on Tuesday, it's just cars everywhere. You'd be driving down five sixty five. You'd be driving down. You'd be driving up like uh, what is it? Governors It's like cars just all over the side. I mean, it looked like a post apocalyptic movie because there was all these cars everywhere that had slid off the road and got trapped. And and weirdly, one thing that I thought was weird about it, a lot of these cars were like luxury cars, but they were just sitting there for days. And I'm like, do they not have? insurance like tow insurance or can afford to get it towed is the payment that much that they can't afford to get it towed because a lot of people i've noticed especially in alabama they'll go out and buy a car that they can't really afford it'll have a high they can just barely make the payment and they'll skimp on everything else in their life just to have that nice car (laughs) and i think that's what happened in huntsville because there was i mean i might have counted two dozen cars on the side of the road and ditches and everything else. And I was like, damn, I can't believe just a, a light dusting caused this much bullshit in Huntsville. And people were actually trapped in their cars overnight. And I just tell people, look, you not only need all wheel drive or four wheel drive, you need good tires. Okay. You need snow rated tires because the, a lot, a lot of people don't know this, the the material that your tire is made out of, there's some material that is better at gripping ice and snow. So you need snow rated tires or snow tires or all-terrain tires, but it has to have, sometimes you can get this like little symbol on it that has a little snowflake on it where it's rated for that type of use. So it's not only about having all-wheel drive, it's about having good tires. Now I had an SUV that I sold last year it's a fucking amazing SUV. And because I had my all-wheel drive and my snow-rated tires, I could go out in an ice storm, and as long as I drove in a safe way, I never slid. I never had any problems because you just got to learn how to drive in it and have the right equipment, and you're going to be fine. But also, you could have backup snow chains. You could have a backup winch, you know, there's ways to like deal with this type of weather, you know, like have some, uh, 
emergency uh, materials in your vehicle, you know, for when shit goes down, you know, have a, a spare coat, gloves, uh, tool set, just in case, you know, when these storms happen, but nobody prepares for it here. And it causes mass chaos everywhere. <laughs> and it's just, it's so funny because it, it, it happens once or twice a year. And I'm just sitting here like, guys, we just went through this last year. Like, why do you not keep a de-icer in your car? Why do you not keep um, a snow chains in your car? Why, why do you not keep flashlights and gloves and, you know, th- tools that can help you when this shit happens? Buy vehicles that can, can deal with this weather when it does happen. But no one does that. And even, like, people in their homes, like, if you're hooked up to the grid... They don't have flashlights at their home. They don't have like propane heaters or kerosene heaters. They don't have any type of backup. They don't have like gas coming to their home. So they have like a gas insert or some type of gas heat for when the power grid, because the power grid goes out a lot, you know, goes out several times a year. So why, why are you people not prepared for it? And that, that's Victoria's rant for the day is when you know something's going to happen, just prepare for it. Just fucking prepare for it. <laughs> okay, so um, while we're on the subject of Huntsville, we'll move on from bullshit snowstorm where people people just, just don't know how to drive. I'm sorry, people just don't know how to drive. So, speaking of Huntsville, have you ever been to Jones Valley? Have you ever been to Jones Valley? You know, like you're on Airport Road and you go up that big mountain and you come over the the crest of that mountain and you start going down the other side of that mountain and you enter this valley. And it's just, it's gorgeous. It's the Garden of Eden. There's green, lush fields. There's trees with blooms and birds and squirrels and all kinds of animals. You'll see a deer in the distance drinking out of a stream. There's cows grazing. There's, there's, you know, there's a fox trotting along. Uh, there's just so much life and beauty. Uh, the sky is absolutely gorgeous. You can see the mountains in the background and the sun's just beaming down on this beautiful valley. And someone looked at all of this, looked at all of this beauty, this wonder, this, this just gorgeousness. Someone looked at all this and said, the one thing that'll improve Jones Valley is a fucking Marshalls. We need to build a Marshalls where people can buy cheap clothes that tear apart on the first fucking day. Someone did that. Someone actually did that. And God damn it, that is uh, a sociopathic person. I understand money and the drive to have it, but I just look at Jones Valley and I go, God damn, it's so fucking beautiful. And they sold all this land, developed it, and now you can go to like Taco Bell. You can go to Red Robin. You can go to Target. And I'm like, this would be better use as like a park or something. 
And I'm like, but you'll have a wonderful view from the Red Robin. You'll have a wonderful view from the Marshalls. You'll be able to put on your fucking uh, skinny jeans that you bought in Marshalls that aren't going to last a week. And you'll look out and you'll see beautiful mountains and animals and everything else. <laughs> That's Jones Valley for you. And it's just, you know, every time I drive through there, I'm like, why did they develop it? It's too pretty to develop. It, it's like if someone put a, a Marshalls in like Yellowstone. That's my opinion on it. And I don't give a fuck what you think about it or not. All right. So there are other movies that I wanted to talk about. Because while a lot of people were ringing in the new year with fireworks and alcohol, Victoria abstained because she didn't reach her target this week. I try to lose a couple of pounds a week, but I haven't lost any weight this week. So I didn't want to uh, eat anything yesterday. So I ate a Subway and I fixed a ham sandwich too. So I just ate sandwiches all day pretty much and tried not to... um, Try not to overeat because I'm trying to lose weight. I want next year, I want to be like an appropriate weight. I want to be in that BMI range (laughs) that I'm supposed to be in, not in the 300s like I still am. Um, So I decided to take it easy yesterday. And when people were shooting fireworks and blowing up shit and having fun, drinking, uh, which I'm probably going to drink tonight. Uh, I bought the stuff. I don't know if I mentioned earlier, I bought all everything to make mimosas. So I'm going to, I've got the champagne. I got the orange juice. I wanted to have some blood oranges to squeeze into it. Uh, and then I've got some other stuff like pineapple juice. We're going to fuck around with it. We're going to try to make our own little mixed drink, uh, to have tonight or tomorrow, just whenever. Um, but while everyone was having fun out in the world, Victoria had had a hard day, uh, scrubbing her tub and her shower. So there's the shower that we have. And no one in this house cleans but Victoria. But I, Victoria has let this shower get into pretty bad condition. And it's so thick with like soap scum and mold and all this stuff. I mean, it just, it looks horrible. So... I tried to get in there with a scraper and a wire brush and get all this stuff off the walls and to make it look a lot better. And it was so thick on the walls because, uh, you know, we might clean the shower like once a year that I had to break out power tools to clean this fucking shower. So I took an angle grinder. A goddamn angle grinder, something that I rest- that I used to use to like restore like cast iron stuff. <laughs> I took this angle grinder, I got in there, and I angle grinded the whole shower. And it's still, after four hours of angle grinding the shower, there's still soap scum on parts of the walls. Now, it does look way, way better. It looks way better. All the mold's gone. It's just there's still soap scum on some of the walls. And so I've bought uh, muriatic acid, which is used to like clean bricks. Uh, I use that on my toilets 
and it actually worked really good on my toilets. We're going to turn this into a home improvement show. From now on, this show is Biscuits Buttered Home Improvement with Victoria Vandenberg. So we went and we uh, we we cleaned. I got the toilets really clean, and I got that shower way cleaner. But I used this angle grinder, and I had to put on a mask and goggles. And my hair, when I got done, my hair was completely stiff, like it had gel in it, and it was my beautiful hair was uh, white. It had turned white because all this soap scum was in my fucking hair. And it, like, the whole bathroom floor, everything in the bathroom was covered in little, like, uh, shavings of soap scum that came off. And it even went into the living room and covered the table and covered the floors. And it it, is just horrible, horrible. So, uh, it does, using an angle grinder will get your shower clean, but just be aware that you need to wear a mask and it's going to get your whole house covered in soap scum dust. <laughs> and we're still not even done. We got three bathrooms here. So yesterday I, I really put a dent in the uh, big bathroom, but there's still places that the angle grinder couldn't even get. So I'm thinking about using muriatic acid on everything in that shower to get it looking brand new. And I, I still, there's a shower that I never use at the back of the house that I, I'm going to, Try to tackle today. I don't know if I want to use the angle grinder on it because it causes so much mess, but we're probably, I took the doors to the shower outside and I'm going to just pressure wash them. But this is the home improvement show. Use angle grinders on your fucking showers if you hadn't cleaned them in 20 years. And um, the muriatic acid really worked on the toilets because I had a cake down toilet and it weakened all that calcium buildup and it fucking got everything perfect uh, from then on out. Okay, so uh, that's my home improvement tips of the week. That is Victoria Bondenberg's home improvement tips of the fucking week. So um, did y'all see that Andrew Tate was arrested? So I have to admit, um, I have a um, an issue. Victoria has an issue. Um, I think Andrew Tate's handsome, but I have um, a um, thing for like shitty guys. I don't know why they're always shitty. I love them, shitty guys. Um, so apparently, this guy—he's had a bad week. Andrew Tate has had a horrible, horrible week. Um. So he uh got owned. He fucking got owned by Greta Thunberg. Now, if you've ever ha- seen Greta Thunberg, she's like this really really annoying uh young lady. Um she's like, hey, "I'm Greta Thunberg. Uh, fucking the planet's being destroyed and I'm fucking crying about it all the time and all this shit." And look, I'm I'm I think climate change is happening. I I think that we need to move to like clean energy sources. Victoria's on board. But when I see a little girl crying about it, I go, man, this girl like needs a therapist. She needs meds. She needs someone to like calm her down and 
she needs family and friends to kind of get around her and make her feel better. Cause it, it may, it makes me feel bad when I see a young lady so worked up about something she has no power over and I have no power over, you know, I can advocate obviously for changes in the way we do things, but, and, and that's my introduction to Greta Thunberg is that I feel like it's kind of like a mentally unstable, like kind of Asperger's-ish, and, you know, I'm autistic too. So, you know, it's kind of like an Asperger's-ish girl and she's got like sensory issues and issues with people and she's worked up about something that she has no control over. And that's how I think about her. I think this is someone who's a little unstable and needs support and help. Um, and that, that's my introduction to her. You know, I, I hate to say that, but that's just what I see when I hear her talk and when I hear her get worked up about all of the climate change things. And um, so, but she won the week. There is no, uh, <laughs> and the memes, the memes this week, the memes were so good. If you, if you were online, the memes were so good all week because of this. So she owns, Andrew Tate had such a bad week. So, uh, he's on there like, you know, she's on there talking and he's like, Greta Thunberg, I'm going to send you, give me your email so I can send you a complete list of all my fucking, I'm an alpha man. I'm a fucking alpha. Let me send you a list of all my fucking like Bugattis and Maseratis and all this shit. And it's like, okay, that's kind of weird. Like, you know, it's very childish behavior and I think that's really what Andrew Tate wants because I think that most of his gimmick is him saying like outrageous things to get attention and then like people on the ride will be like hey that's our guy you know so he'll get invited to speak and do things and it kind of puts his profile out there and he's on all these podcasts and you know he can make money off of being a troll and that's that's why I'm always like why are you talking about this guy you know, anytime anyone uh, mentions this guy, any press he gets, you're, uh, you know how um, the Hulk works, right? You know, the, with the Hulk, uh, the angrier he gets, the bigger he gets. Well, with trolls, the more attention they get, the bigger they get. <laughs> so you don't feed the trolls. You don't make them bigger. And that's exactly what he wants. And that's how his whole career has been built is uh, it's been built off of um, just him uh, saying shitty things and doing shitty things. And <clears throat> so, but I didn't really know what to think about him because that, that's, that's really kind of what my impression of him was, is that he's just a guy who says outrageous things to get attention because he's making money off of it, obviously, because <clears throat> he was a kickboxer. I don't think he was like an elite kickboxer, but he was a kickboxer. And um, and this just kind of raised his profile so he could make money off of like being an alpha, filling in for the alphas, you know. <clears throat> and I, I feel sorry for all these. There's a lot of lost men, but I, that, that we could do a whole podcast on lost 20s and 30-year-olds who need that need someone like Andrew Tate to show them how to live. I'm like, like, that's not how to live. I mean, he's a braggart and, you know, and as we know now, a fraud. Uh, so anyway, Greta Thunberg 
is like, oh, you want to send your list of Bugattis and Maseratis and all this and all this stuff so you can show me what a big alpha man you are and how much money you have? You want to flex on me? Well, guess what? You can send that to my email address at 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 smalldickenergy at aol.com. And he was owned. Right there, the Andrew Tate train was derailed and everyone on the planet was laughing at him because he looked ridiculous bragging about his cars and all this bullshit. And, I mean, his train, like no one wanted to be defending Andrew Tate after she said that. It was fucking beautiful what she did. And I have to, she gets the, if, if I had an award show, like an internet award show where we gave people awards, she would, she would win. She would win the, the top comment of 2022 uh, because she ended Andrew Tate. I mean, just devastated him, just head kick straight to the temple, full knockout, sent him to the fucking, sent him to the underworld. I mean, it, it was wonderful. But then... This fucking idiot can't let it go. It's like, you've been owned, dude. You have been owned. So he makes a video of him, like, you know, dressed up. I think he was in a smoker's jacket, smoking a cigar, drinking, you know, an expensive whiskey, like Blanton's or something. And he's like, you know, going on this shitty rant, trying to rebound, trying to save face with this uh, video. And it's like, no, no, no. No, no, no. There, there's, there's no rebounding from here. There's no rebounding from here. You have been knocked out. Also, in this pathetic attempt to rebound from uh, being just completely humiliated, uh, emasculated, and everything else, um, he makes this video, and he, for some reason he's got a pizza in the fucking video, and it has a local pizza place on there. And I didn't even notice because I watched this video earlier in the week. And I was like, man, how pathetic does he look? But I mean, you know, he's kind of in a pathetic trade, you know, making money off of trolling and being, you know, like all these people like Jordan Peterson and um, all these different people on the right that make their money off of just being outrageous. It's kind of a pathetic trade. So I guess he has no shame. Um, God bless him for it. Um, so apparently it was like Jerry's pizza or something, but on the box it had like all this Romanian lettering and the police were like, Hey, this motherfucker is in Romania right now because I'd heard last year that he was being investigated for human trafficking. Uh, but I was like, I don't believe that. Why would he be human trafficking? He's making all this money off of being an internet troll and being a kickboxer and being a personality. You know, why would he be doing like illegal shit? And then that's when it dawned on me, he ain't making his money off of being an internet troll and, and all this stuff. He's making his money off of human trafficking. So the police go and they arrest him because they see this box in the video with a Romanian letter and they go arrest him for human trafficking because that's why he was in Romania. I guess he's moving girls over across Europe. I don't know. And that's how he's getting the money for all this shit. And um, this kind of reminds me of Gotti a little bit. Um, 
it reminds me of Gotti a little bit. Because you know how Gotti people would be like, Gotti, you're a crime boss. Why do you go around wearing these fucking $10,000 suits? Why do you go around being flashy and showing off and, and being the life of the party and and doing all these things? You're drawing attention to yourself. You're going to cause someone to investigate you and you're going to you're putting a target on your back. And he's like, I'm John Gotti. Nothing's going to fucking happen to me. And of course, you know, he ends up getting arrested and taken down because he, he, he was too flashy. If he would have just went under the radar and done his crimes, he probably would have went much, much longer as a crime boss. And this is how Andrew Tate, this kind of reminds me of Andrew Tate. He wants, he wants fame. He wants fortune. He wants attention. And so he completely fucked up his crime career. That's just Victoria's advice on being uh, a criminal. You need to fly under the radar. You need to not draw attention. Duh, right? I mean, it's like the simplest bullshit ever. But so apparently they're going to hold this guy for 30 days. And uh, I don't know what happens there because I don't even know if they have proof. Because I, I know they've been investigating him, but I don't know if they actually have proof that he's uh, actually human trafficking. So I'd love to hear more about this. And I, I, I hope that there's eventually like a movie about this because this guy has been like, you know, a successful fighter. He's been a successful internet personality slash internet troll. And, and he's smuggling humans. And then he gets owned by Greta Thunberg, a climate activist. <laughs> And then arrested in Romania. And it just, to me, this has all, it has all the ingredients for a great recipe for a fucking movie. And I want to see it. God damn it. Get Scorsese on this right now. Get Scorsese. Get, uh, get Tarantino. Get, get, um, uh, what's that guy from Britain? A guy, Guy Ritchie. Get Guy Ritchie on it. Guy Ritchie. He, he'd probably be the most appropriate to do it. Guy Ritchie. All right. So I want to see a movie about this, about, uh, an internet troll getting owned by Greta Thunberg, who's running, who ran a criminal enterprise. So, just wanted to talk about that for a second. Um, I watched, so I stayed up last night, as I was saying earlier. I stayed up last night, and I decided to watch a movie. So... I stayed up and watched a movie, um, and then I watched actually several movies, and um, let me write this down real quick, and I'll talk about it on the next podcast. So, I watched Benny and June, and I I love this movie. I loved Benny and June. It's a Johnny Depp movie. Let me pull up the let me pull up the info on this so I can give y'all more info so y'all can watch it. All right, where did it go? Okay, Benny and June. It was uh, made in 1993. You can watch it for free on Tubi right now. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, let's see what the rating is on Rotten Tomatoes. It got a 76 tomato meter and 85 audience score. Now, one thing I will warn you about this movie is that it starts off a little slow. Like, the first 30 minutes, I'm like, what? Where's this movie going? Like, it, you know, just... The first 30 minutes, you're like, when does this pick up? When does this start going? You know, 
But then, you know, as it keeps going along, it gets so good. So, cause it's, it's a very nineties movie. They're in like, I think somewhere in Washington state. And, um, so basically, uh, this Mary Stewart Masterson plays June. Benny is played by Aiden Quinn, who is June's brother. And then Sam is played by Johnny Depp. So basically this, this guy, um, is taking care of his mentally ill sister. Benny is taking care of June, his mentally ill sister. And uh, the whole point in the movie is he's taking care of her. The mental home doctor is like, I don't think she should be living with you. I think she should be in a mental home because she keeps having these episodes all the time. And he's like, no, I'm dedicated to my sister. I'm going to take care of her. Well, June sees Sam in a tree one day uh, and they fall in love. And that's the movie. That's the movie right there. A mentally ill person falls in love with uh, a quirky guy. So I love this movie and I want everyone to watch it because it's very 90s. It's very 90s. Uh, It's, you know, like they got this little house on a river in Washington and there's like an art studio at the back of the house that has these windows that open up and you can hear the river go by. And she's like, she's like doing art and doing different things and like doing quirky things that mental illness. One thing this movie taught me is mental illness means that you're artsy. It means that you're quirky. It means that you're, that you just do things differently and that you're a completely normal person. But then you have these episodes where you're crazy. Uh, But other than that, Mental illness is just fun. That's what this movie taught me. <laughs> so she meets this. So one day, you know, uh, her brother, Benny, is driving her uh, to play cards with his friends. And she just sees this random guy in a top hat and a suit just in a tree. He's just hanging out in a fucking tree. And I think this character, Sam, is supposed to be like a little mentally ill, too. Uh, he doesn't know how to read or write. He's retarded, but he's brilliant. Okay. He's brilliant. He's, he's basically the modern day Buster Keaton. He does all these gags, like kind of like Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton gags all the time. He's very quirky. Um, and, uh, they just, you know, the whole movie's quirkiness. It's just them being artsy, quirky, weird nineties, stuff and I, I can't recommend it enough. Uh so she's like this arts girl. Uh she every morning she wakes up and pours milk into a blender, pours cereal into a blender and blends it up to eat her cereal. Uh she loves tapioca. She's obsessed with the way to a woman's heart is tapioca. Just remember that. If you want to get a woman sexually aroused, mention tapioca to her cuz June loves tapioca. So she meets this guy and he's brilliant. He's fucking brilliant. Uh, Sam, he is the next Buster Keaton. And she has, you know, they try to run off together because uh, Benny's like, no, this can't happen. You're supposed to be taking care of her, Sam. And she has a mental breakdown. They try to run off. She has a mental breakdown on a bus And so basically the mental health people show up and they're like, no, you're going to be institutionalized. So 
they and they're spoiler alert. You should know this show. There's lots of spoilers, so just fucking deal with it. Uh, so basically, she's in this mental home and. And she's like, no, I don't want to see anybody. I'm just going to stay in here. So, you know, he sneaks into the home to see her. Benny sneaks into the home to see her. And then, and he can't talk her into like coming out of the home and, um, you know, with her quirky kind of mental illness that, you know, just happens every once in a while. Um, so basically, <laughs> this is the best description, right? <laughs> y'all are y'all getting the movie, right? So, <laughs> so. She's like, no, I'm staying in here in this fucking mental home. And then, and then Sam, uh, Johnny Depp's character, does some like Buster Keaton routines where he's swinging from a rope from like the ceiling. And she's like, you know what? He's doing tricks swinging from a rope from the ceiling. I just want to get out of here. I want to go have an apartment with him. And I'm... I'm not even mentally ill anymore. Let's just go have fun. Perfect ending, happy ending. What else do you need? <laughs> and then the 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 doctor comes in and is like, I don't think you can live on your own. I think you need to be in here. And she's like, No, I've decided I want to go get an apartment. And she's like, Well, you did just have a major mental health breakdown on a bus that caused like a whole street to shut down. But you know what? I trust you. I trust you. We're going to let, I'm going to do the papers to let you out right now. That way you can go be happy with Sam. <laughs> so I can see a lot of people having uh, criticisms of this movie because of the way mental illness is depicted because it's like, she's a completely normal person, but just has these little mental breakdowns. But other than that, she's this fun artsy person with quirks. Little quirks. That's the word for this movie. It's quirky. She loves tapioca. That makes her quirky, right? The whole movie's quirky. Just remember that. So, uh, but it's fun. And, and uh, uh, Birch Chili mentioned to me, who would have thought that there would be a movie about Johnny Depp falling in love with a crazy woman? <laughs> who would have predicted that? <laughs> and I thought, Bert, that is the perfect quote for this movie. So, watch Benny and June. It's free on Tubi. Uh, they also have a couple other movies that I wanted to get to, but I just probably won't even have time, even though I got a three-day weekend. I wanted to see Delirious, old John Candy movie. And uh, I started Chocolat. And it's about Chocolat. I started it, but I haven't finished it. I'm going to finish it today. It's basically um, uh, chocolate causes atheism so this woman moves to france and she's like you know again she's like a quirky you know artsy atheist and she's like i'm gonna start a chocolate shop and there's all these catholics in town like she's starting a chocolate shop during lent oh my god what a bitch the audacity of her and she's like i can guess what kind of chocolate you want by this little thing that i spend and it looks really good so far, what I've seen of it. So you might want to watch Chocolat too. And I, I forgot what website I was watching that on. I think it was one of those F Movies websites where you get them for free, where you pirate them. Um, but I'll give a review for that some other time. Because today, um, let's see. Let me make sure. Um, yeah, I think I saw... I want to go into my 
what what I promised at the first of the podcast was that I was going to give a motivational speech. 2022 was yesterday. 2023 is today. Every year, every year, you should do an assessment of your life. Okay? I'm telling you this as a 40-something-year-old. You need to every year do an assessment of your life. Are you moving forward with your life? Don't be like me. Whatever age you are, don't be like me. Don't look back at your life and go, I had a wasted life. I look back at my childhood and go, wish I would have done better. Look at my teenage years, wish I would have done better. Looked at my 20s and 30s, I'm like, completely wasted. I'm not joking. I look back and I go, my, these two decades, like, I don't really put as much emphasis on like when I was a teenager and a child because there's not really much you can accomplish in those years other than you know graduating school, which I did. But my 20s and 30s, I feel like were a complete waste of time. You know, I, I got a college degree in my 20s. And then after that, I just jumped from job to job to job. And I think I finally landed where I'm going to be until I retire now because I've got good benefits, good pay, you know, um, it's the perfect, it's not where I wanted to end up, you know, I wanted to, you know, be able to say I was the successful person, you know, maybe a lawyer or something, a professor or something, you know, but it is what it is. <clears throat> it's where I got to. It's got good retirement. <clears throat> no, excuse me. I'm, my voice is breaking. It, it's got good retirement. It's got everything I need to be able to eventually have a very good, uh, relaxing retirement and I'm going to retire probably to Thailand or somewhere like that and get me a little lady boy and just have a wonderful time in Thailand. Uh, but where was I at? But d- the point is, is we need to start. This is my motivational speech of the show. We're in a new year. At the end of this year, you need to be able to look back and say, am I in a better position this year than I was last year? Have I put myself in a better position this year? You know, there's a movie, I think it was called The Gambler. And John Goodman gives a speech where he says, you need to get yourself. You need to stop wasting your money. Stop doing all this stuff, this silly stuff. You need to put yourself in a fuck you position. That way, when someone tells you to do something or somebody comes asking for something, you can go fuck you because you don't have to. You're in a position where you don't have to go do that job. You don't have to beg for money. You don't have to ask for things. You're in a fuck you position. You can tell people to fuck off because you can independently take care of yourself. That is the goal. You need to get into that mode where you need to put yourself in a fuck you position. So every year you need to do an assessment. You need to look back and go, Do am I in a better financial position than I was last year? Do I have more money in my 401k? Do I have more money in my savings accounts? Do I have more bonds? Do I have more money in my CDs and uh, bank account? Am I more financially stable than I was last year? Is my house good? Did I do all the projects I want to do on my house? Is my house in better condition than it was last year? Did it appreciate 
Am I in a better position than I was last year? Health-wise, are you in a better position than you were last year? Are you slimmer? Did you lose weight? Uh, are your vital signs better? You know, do you have better blood pressure? Do you have like measurable stuff that you can say, I'm in a better position health-wise? You know, this year I've done good. I've put myself in a better position. I've lost a hundred pounds. Um, I'm feeling a lot better. I don't even have to use my CPAP machine anymore. Um, I'm just way better. I have way more energy. I'm able to do more. And I want to keep that ball rolling. I want to keep that ball rolling. Uh, I want to next year, I'm hoping to get down to like maybe 200 pounds. And I'm hoping to just have better measurable health. I want to have more money in my account. I want to have my house in better condition. I want to, like I've been doing stretches. I've been doing exercises. Uh, I've been working on the house a lot. So next, this time next year, I want to be able to say, did I reach my weight loss goal? Did I fix all those things on the house that needed to be fixed? Um, did I save money? Did I put myself in a better position? Did I, am I rolling that ball towards being in a fuck you position? All right. This is my motivational speech, Victoria Vonnenberg's motivational speech. So, and also, did you treat yourself? You know, like Parks and Rec and they're like, treat yourself. They have the treat yourself day. You need to treat yourself. Did you go to those stand-up shows you wanted to go to? Did you go to those concerts that you wanted to go to? Did you go on those vacations that you wanted to go on? So I want to go to the Crudevu this year. I'm going to try to still go. I, uh, I'm probably going to have to go cheap on it and stay in a shitty hotel. I wanted to stay in the French Quarter, but I probably won't be able to. You need to treat yourself. You need to be able to look back on the year and go, oh man, I did all these things I wanted to do. I accomplished all these goals that I wanted to accomplish. And, you know, and even do you feel smarter than you were the year before? You know, um, you know, and, and this is another thing, you know, you can use apps on your phone. Like you can use spelling, grammar apps, uh, Duolingo. You can learn a language and Duolingo is actually really fun. I've been using it this week and I'm thinking about trying to see where I can get next year as far as learning Spanish. Um, but, you know, it's like a snowball. Life is like a snowball. And if you're not, if you don't get the ball in motion, if you don't create the initial snowball and get it in motion, it's not going to snowball and it's not going to grow and grow and grow as it rolls down the hill. You know, it's just like a 401k account. You know, if they tell you, um, you know, the more you put back, the earlier you put it back, the more it's going to snowball. So you got to get as much money in there as early as possible so it can actually get somewhere by the time you retire. And that's how life is too. You got to put yourself, you got to constantly strive to put yourself in a better position, right? And it's eventually going to snowball and you'll get to that fuck you position where you're in your fifties, you're in your sixties, you've saved a bunch of money in your 401k, you're in good health, you can still travel and do the things you want to do. Um, you know, you've built wealth, you've built a prosperous, healthy life and you, you know, you can retire and you don't have to ask anybody for anything and you can live a healthy life. It's, it's a goal I have is to get to that retirement where I can be on that beach 
in Patea, Thailand. I can have that lady boy sitting on my lap in the beach, at the beach, and I can just have a wonderful, blessed life. I can be in there smoking pot, which I'm currently not allowed to do because of my job, and uh, just making passionate love to my lady boy. Uh, and that's what I want to leave you with this week is get your life together. Make sure, don't make, well, make re- New Year's resolutions, but follow up and make sure you're actually getting them done. And at the end of the year, do a yearly assessment of your life. Is Am I, am I rolling that ball towards the fuck you position? And that's what I'll leave you with this week. That's my motivational speech is get your life together. That's what I'm currently trying to do. I've had a good year. I've had a real good year. I've got uh, money. I've, I've saved. Uh, this year, I put back ten grand in my 401k. I've put a little bit back in savings. I've got to do better on my savings, so I set it up for automatic uh, money being sent to my savings account. Uh, I'm planning trips next year. I'm planning to go to concerts and uh, stand up and festivals and everything. I'm planning on having a fucking amazing year. Everything's going right at work. Um, And I want to keep that ball rolling. And this time next year, and, you know, the reason I'm giving this speech is I've come so far. I had a really bad year in 2020. And this year I realized as much as I don't feel like I've gotten somewhere, I actually have, I'm actually in a way better position than I was just a few years ago. So I want to keep that ball rolling. Because that way I'm going to get myself into a place where I can tell someone Fuck you. Have a good week. Uh, I love you all. And I, I wish you the best 2023.